When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. In today's show, Bitcoin keeps liquidating longs as the Bitcoin price action gives up $22,000 support. And quoting Max Kaiser, the high priest of Bitcoin, Bitcoin demonetizes war and violence. Sitting in fiat standard, Bitcoin maximalist El Salvador, I am assumed, watching the fiat world blow itself up. This was always going to happen and is the prime reason Bitcoin gets to $2 million. The fiat world is going extinct. Thanks, Satoshi. Also breaking news, Mt. Gox registration deadline pushback for another month, which ultimately means the largest creditor will not sell its return Bitcoin. I'll be breaking this down for you, as well as BitMEX co-founder Arthur Hayes proposes a Bitcoin-based stablecoin. That's right. He calls it the Satoshi Nakamoto dollar, aims to be entirely free from any movements of the U.S. dollar, which require banking services. Also in today's show, stablecoins and Ethereum are going to be commodities, reaffirms the CFTC chairman. We'll also be discussing when the Amazon plans to supposedly launch its NFT marketplace will uh, take place, which is going to make it a step closer to finally entering NFTs, directly competing against Blur and OpenSea. Also in today's show, the Fed is about to crash Bitcoin and crypto markets, says crypto analyst Nicholas Merton, and explains why. And he says we can likely return to 13 to $14,000 Bitcoin price action. I'll be breaking this down for you. All this plus so much more in today's show. Hey, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience, visit our YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. And welcome everyone just tuning in. This is podcast episode number 1215. I am your host, JV. Today is March 9th, 2023. And we have lots to cover, so let's dive right in. Checking out the Crypto Market Watch here. You can see all the major cryptos currently correcting and in the red. We got Bitcoin down 2%, now trading under 21,700. How, how low will she go? You know what I mean? We have Ether down 1.2%, trading back under $1,550, and just a massacre for the overall market. And checking out CoinMarketCap.com. I'm sad to report that the market cap is back under the the trillion dollar milestone at 998 billion. We so close with about 42 billion in volume at the past 24 hours. Bitcoin dominance back on the decline at 42% even and the Ether dominance barely on the rise at 18.9%. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers in the past 24 hours. Clay leading the pack up 6% trading at 22 cents followed by Kava up 6.6% trading at 87 cents followed by Filecoin up 5% trading at $6.07 and checking out the top 100 crypto gainers for the past week 
a sea of red, which is definitely not a good indicator, just a handful in the green, which include clay up about 9%, XRD up 7%, and Filecoin up 5.6%. And checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, we're finally back in fear, rated a 44, as we've been stuck in neutral for the past few weeks and for the last month. And yeah, so let me know how many of you are expecting the Bitcoin price action to continue to dip and how many of you are taking advantage of that dip, BTFD or dollar cost averaging. Let me know in the comments right down below. And now let's dive into today's Bitcoin technical analysis. Bitcoin traders remain sensitive even to small price movements as data shows liquidations continue to climb. Bitcoin approaches 21.6 March 9th. And those who long Bitcoin are seeing positions evaporate like that. So despite the consensus forming around Bitcoin testing or retesting 20,000, small shifts in price are still taking their toll on traders. And according to data from monitoring resource CoinGlass, March 8th alone saw 24.5 million of Bitcoin longs liquidated, the highest tally in about a week that coincided with Bitcoin heading to three-week lows, abandoning the 22,000 support, which we can currently see, and including altcoins, the March 8th liquidated 95 million of longs and another 15.4 million of shorts. Extreme volatility. Further data from on-chain analytics firm Glassnode captured the dominance of long versus short liquidations, which you can see in this chart. And according to the action, a crypto trader Philby Philby of Trading Sweet Decent Trader argued that it was of little surprise that overexposed long positions were feeling the heat. Uh, as he shared here, makes sense to wipe out the majority longing against the price direction. And this chart showed mounting leverage position of the liquidations. And also as reported, Bitcoin price action remains comparatively flat despite the liquidation behavior. February became the least volatile month on record in terms of open and closed prices on the monthly timeframes. And for financial commentary resource, CoBC letter, this has served as a warning in and of itself and not just for Bitcoin, analyzing the price behavior after a substantial liquidation event on March 3rd. He forecasts a liquidity crisis stretching out across macro assets. Quitting him here, net liquidations in crypto markets exceeded $200 million in one hour. Since then, Bitcoin has traded completely flat and liquidity is gone. Imagine what will happen to broader markets once liquidity dries up. Now, let me know if you agree or disagree with the analysts and quoting the one and only high priest of Bitcoin. Max Kaiser tweeted yesterday in response to this, uh, you know, shenanigans going on with uh, Ukraine and wars and weapons and all this bad stuff. And he wrote, Bitcoin demonetizes war and violence sitting in fiat standard. Bitcoin maximalist El Salvador, I am amused watching the fiat world blow itself up. This was always going to happen and is the prime reason Bitcoin gets to $2 million per coin. The fiat world is going extinct. Thanks, Satoshi. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the high priest of Bitcoin and much respect to Max and uh, Stacy. Love the two. They're my favorite power couple in Bitcoin. And I have much respect for them because they've been telling us about Bitcoin back when it was only a dollar back in 2011 via the Kaiser report. You know what I mean? So they're the first ones to bring up Bitcoin on national television. And also, if you missed the interview where he orange-pilled Tucker Carlson from the Fox Network, I highly encourage you to check it out. In fact, Max Kaiser right now has it pinned on his Twitter, and I'll show you so you can see what I'm talking about. I actually uploaded the video just the other day, the entire 60-minute 
uninterrupted interview. And you can see here my full 60-minute uh, interview with Tucker Carlson. We discussed Bitcoin, President Bukele, the new security law in El Salvador, Gary Gensler's fraud, heck yeah, FTX and Bankman Freed and their fraud, Ishcoins, financial terrorism at the Fed, and how Wall Street steals pension dollars. So be sure to check that out and retweet it if you haven't already. I'd love to see this video get at least a quarter million views, and I'm sure it will with some uh, due time. But with that being shared, now let's discuss our next big story of the day, and that's what's happening with Mt. Gox, which is actually positive news which I am happy to share. So check it out. Uh, the registration dates for the Mt. Gox creditors have been pushed back yet another month. According to the announcement, the decline or deadline has been moved from March 10th to April 6th, allowing creditors to file claims for yet another month. The distribution deadline has been pushed back by another month as well. The distribution of assets to creditors will now start from October 31st instead of September 30th. So this is official. The official document cited various circumstances for the shift in deadlines, such as the progress uh, progress by rehabilitation creditors in respect of the selection and registration. Creditors have the option of a lump sum payment, bank remittance, fund transfer service provider, or going through a crypto exchange or custodian. Creditors have been waiting for years to get compensated for losses incurred because of the exchange hack back in 2014. Mt. Gox was a Tokyo-based crypto exchange out of Japan that once accounted for more than 70% of all Bitcoin transactions. And in 2014, the exchange was hacked and filed for bankruptcy after thousands upon thousands of Bitcoin were stolen. And as reported in February, Mt. Gox Investment Fund, which is the largest creditor of the defunct crypto exchange, chose to have an early payout in Bitcoin rather than wait longer for an even larger payment after the legal battle, the early payment or payout means creditors would receive approximately 90% of what was due. The bankruptcy trustee doesn't have to sell tokens to acquire fiat funds for the payment since the creditor also chose to be paid in BTC. Now, the extension in deadline means other creditors will have another month to decide whether to take the lower amount now or wait another nine years to get the full amount. What would you choose? I sure as heck wouldn't want to wait another nine years. So many things can go south in that time. Now, the Mt. Gox creditor payout has been the focus for quite some time now, especially considering the value of Bitcoin has increased multifold since the exchange went bust. There has been speculation about the impact of Mt. Gox creditors on the market if they decided to sell their holdings. However, a report from Bloomberg notes that the largest Mt. Gox creditors have no plans to sell their Bitcoin, as pointed out here by TED Talks Macro. Mt. Gox's largest creditor will not sell its return Bitcoin, and he's quoting uh, this article here, bankrupt Mt. Gox's largest creditor plans to keep return Bitcoin. Uh, the largest creditor of the failed Mt. Gox crypto exchange intends to hold rather than sell Bitcoin that's due to be dispersed this year. The Mt. Gox investment fund, which bought or brought claims up against the bankrupt digital asset platform, doesn't plan to sell the tokens that are scheduled to be returned in September. According to a person familiar with the fund's thinking, who asked not to be identified, discussing private information. So there you have it. It's definitely a good sign that this Bitcoin will not be dumped into the open market unless this is all nothing more than FUD. But who knows? We will soon find out, I guess. Nobody knows. But with that being shared, now let's discuss a very interesting uh topic, which is a Bitcoin stablecoin, which Arthur Hayes is proposing, which is actually quite interesting, so hence why I'm sharing it with you, why while United States regulators increasingly scrutinize stablecoins, the community continues to pitch new ideas for stablecoins independent of the U.S. dollar. 
I like it. Arthur Hayes, the co-founder and former CEO of BitMEX Crypto Exchange, proposed creating a new stablecoin with a value pegged to the sum of a dollar worth a Bitcoin and one inverse perpetual swap of Bitcoin against USD. He outlined the idea of the potential Satoshi Nakamoto dollar and USD or Naka dollar in a blog post titled Dust on Crust just yesterday, March 8th. Unlike major reserve backed US dollar pegged stablecoins like Tether, USDT and USD coin USDC, the proposed Naka dollar will not depend on any USD reserves, but solely upon derivative exchanges that list liquid inverse perpetual swaps, says Hayes. The proposed stablecoin would be explicitly based on a set of short Bitcoin positions and USD inverse perpetual swaps, maintaining its one-to-one peg to the US dollar via mathematical transactions between the new decentralized autonomous organization, NACADAO, authorized participants and derivative exchanges. The process of creating the NACA dollar stablecoin will be entirely free from any movements of USD which require the services of banks, Hayes states. He still noted that the proposed NUSD stablecoin would not be decentralized and added the following. The points of failure in the Naka dollar solution would be centralized crypto derivative exchanges. I excluded decentralized derivative exchanges because they are nowhere near as liquid as their centralized counterparts. This news comes amid the owner of Silver uh, Gate Bank, a major crypto-focused bank in the U.S., shutting operations and liquidating businesses amid the ongoing market turmoil and downturn. The shutdown came quickly after the New York Department of Financial Services abruptly ordered the Paxos Trust Company to stop the issuance of Binance USD, which is the stable coin pegged to the dollar on Binance, one of the largest U.S. dollar pegged stable coins on the market. And as previously reported, Paxos held deposits in several banks, including Silvergate and Signature. Hayes is not alone in considering USD independent stables amid the ongoing pressure from regulators. Back in February, the Binance CEO, CZ, suggested that the crypto industry will likely move to other fiat currencies as a base for stable coins, including the euro, the yen, or Singapore dollars. So there you have it. What are your thoughts surrounding this concept of a Bitcoin stablecoin that is not dependent upon U.S. banks or the U.S. dollar? Let me know your thoughts in the comments right down below, and I'll be keeping you posted if this continues to develop. And with that being shared, now let's discuss a warning from the CFTC where they say that stablecoins and Ethereum are going to be commodities, which is in direct conflict of what the SEC chairman Gary Gensler has been saying. So here we go. Stablecoins and Ether are commodities that should come under the purview of the U.S. Uh, CFTC. Its chairman has again asserted at a recent Senate hearing, March 8th Senate Agricultural Hearing, CFTC Chairman Rostin Benham was asked by Senator Kristen Gillibrand about the differing views held by the regulator of the SEC following the CFTC's 2021 settlement with stablecoin issuer Tether and responded, notwithstanding a regulatory framework around stablecoins, they are going to be commodities in my view. And he also added, it was clear to our enforcement team that the commission that Tether a stablecoin was a commodity. Now, in the past, the CFTC had asserted that certain digital assets such as Ether, Bitcoin, and Tether were commodities, such as in a lawsuit against FTX founder, Scam Bankman Freed, back in mid-December. As quoted here, this is pretty stark, almost 
in passion rebuke of everything except Bitcoin as a security and stable coins are security positions would be great if the CFTC released the legal analysis on these issues. Chairman Bemen says it did. Now, when asked what evidence the CFTC would put forward to win the regulatory influence over Ether during the Senate hearing, Bemen said it would not have allowed Ether futures products to be listed on the CFTC exchanges if it did not feel strongly it was a commodity asset and added the following. We have litigation risks. We have agency credibility risks if we do something like that without serious legal defenses to support our argument that the asset is a commodity. The comment has seemingly cemented his sometimes wavering opinion on the classification of Ether. And during an invite-only event at Princeton University in November of last year, he said Bitcoin was the only cryptocurrency that he viewed as a commodity, leaving out Ethereum. Interesting, because only a month before that, he suggested Ethereum would be viewed as a commodity too. So it seems like there is no clarity and no one can make up their mind, not even the regulators. Isn't that something? I think it's all by design. Now, his most recent comments oppose a view held by the SEC Chairman Gensler, who claimed in a February 23rd New York Magazine interview that everything other than Bitcoin is a security, a claim that was rebuffed by multiple crypto lawyers. Now, the differing viewpoints of the market regulators could set the stage for a conflict in each vice for regulatory control of the crypto industry, which it seems like they're fighting for. It's like, this is our turf. No, this is our turf. In mid-February, the SEC flexed its authority against stablecoin issuer Paxos, saying it may sue the firm for violating investor protection laws alleging its Binance USD stablecoin is an unregistered security. But around the same time, the regulator similarly targeted Terraform Labs and called its algorithmic stablecoin TerraUSD, now uh, TerraUSD Classic, a security. A move Delphi Labs general counsel, Gabriel Shaprio, said would be a roadmap for how the SEC could structure future suits against stablecoin issuers. Now, the SEC's crypto clampdowns have been uh, seen pushback from the industry, at least this week. Circle founder and CEO Jeremy Allaire said he doesn't believe that the SEC is a regulator for stablecoins, saying they should be overseen by a banking regulator. Let me know your thoughts and if you agree or disagree. And how many of you believe that Bitcoin is a commodity and not a security. I think it's safe to say, if I can speak on behalf of everyone in the chat who's a Bitcoiner, Bitcoin is obviously a commodity. It has the green light. It is not a security. We've heard that directly from the SEC chairman, Gary Gensler. But when it comes to Ethereum, I'm going to ask the same question. How many of you believe truly that Ethereum is not a security and is a commodity? Let, let me know. And if you think vice versa, let me know. If you think it is a security, maybe because there's an Ethereum foundation, maybe because it's not decentralized, maybe because it's working with the World Economic Forum, maybe because they switched their protocol from a uh, proof of work to a proof of stake. They, these may be some legitimate reasonings why it could be deemed a security in the eyes of regulators. But again, regulators can't even agree upon it themselves. Everything, still no clarity. It creates uncertainty, more fear in the markets, more uh, you know ways for them to manipulate and suppress the price action ultimately, which in my opinion is what they've been doing and what they will continue to do until we get some sort of regulatory clarity. But let me know your thoughts in the comments below. And now let's discuss the latest with Amazon releasing their own NFT marketplace. Considering how big they are, this would be huge. Amazon, the world's largest e-commerce company, is reportedly preparing to enter the world of NFTs with the launch of its own marketplace reportedly scheduled April 24th, just a month away. According to Yahoo Finance, the new Amazon NFT marketplace or Amazon Digital Marketplace – 
will offer 15 NFT collections that will initially be available to customers in the United States. The company is expected to expand the service to other countries in the future. Now, the reports of this new interest in NFTs started circulating back in January, a couple of months ago. This new development put a date to the rumor. The idea does not seem so far-fetched, considering that Amazon CEO Andy Jassy said in April of 2022, the company was open to selling NFTs in the distant future. Now, one of the most interesting features of the marketplace is the option to link NFTs with physical goods delivered to the user's doorsteps. That's right. Collections can use their, or uh, sorry, collectors can use their credit cards to purchase NFTs and receive their products at home, just like a regular purchase. The initiative aims to simplify and NFT purchases and eliminate the natural complexities of the crypto world, allowing users to experiment with the technology without understanding its mechanics. Now, an anonymous source from Amazon interviewed by Blockworks stated that the retail giant can onboard millions of users without educating them on topics like self-custody or setting up a MetaMask wallet. But y'all know better. You definitely want to set up some self-custody, right? They're going to leave you in the dark and say, hey, host your NFTs on the Amazon marketplace. Uh, No, thank you. But per the reports, Amazon has contacted several layer one blockchains, including gaming companies, blockchain companies, and other businesses to collaborate on this project. They have also hired more staff and plan to employ various developers with proven expertise in Web3. And as reported, more and more giants from different industries are turning to NFTs to boost their sales from sports where companies like Adidas, Puma, Nike, the luxury fashion companies like Dolce & Cabana and Gucci, they all have launched their NFT collections to stay competitive in the industry that demands innovation. And according to Dune Analytics, Nike is the company that has benefited the most from the sale of NFTs, earning nearly $186 million in revenue, followed by Dolce & Cabana with $23.6 million. And although these figures may represent a small amount of money compared to the sums earned by both companies, they demonstrate that it's a growing niche that can be profitable if appropriately leverage facts. Therefore, Amazon's initiative could take NFT adoption yet to another level. The company has a massive subscriber base of approximately 167 million users to its prime service, who will be the first to receive info about the marketplace launched directly from the company. So exactly how does this compare to OpenSea? OpenSea is currently the second largest NFT marketplace, even though Blur recently took its spot. The OG NFT marketplace accounts for over $3 billion in sales since its launch back in 2017. The platform allows anyone to create, sell, and discover NFTs. And besides Blur, the platform competes with other marketplaces, including Nifty Gateway, Rarible, and Super Rare. Amazon NFT Marketplace aims to simplify the NFT purchasing process and offer users a seamless experience. However, it remains to be seen how the new marketplace will compare to the existing ones like OpenSea in terms of functionality, user experience, and sales volume. Well, all I know is this. If they release their own NFT marketplace and considering there's 167 million prime customers, that's a pretty big deal. This can help usher in massive adoption. And personally, I just love to see mass adoption occur. So if it has to occur through NFTs, let's do it. I would prefer it happen through a spot Bitcoin ETF finally being, you know, uh, available in the United States, but regulators can't pull their heads out of their arse. So I expect uh, nothing really from them at the end of the day. But with that being shared, now let's dive into the moment you have all been waiting for and discuss the potential crash incoming that could take the Bitcoin price action all the way down to the 13 to 14,000 range, setting an even lower low than the current low we have at $15,700. And then we'll dive into the live uh, Q&A. And if you're enjoying today's show, make sure to smash the like button, turn on all 
subscriptions or notifications, the whole nine. And if you're listening only to the pod, check out the YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. With that being shared, a widely followed crypto analyst says that the actions of the U.S. Federal Reserve will crash Bitcoin and crypto markets in general. In the new video update, Nicholas Merton, host of Data Dash, tells his Half a million YouTube subs that the Fed may once again cause havoc in the crypto industry by continuing to raise interest rates as a means of countering inflation. According to Merton, recent testimony from the Fed chairman Jerome Powell is likely going to push Bitcoin below the 20,000 level very soon as the Fed springs liquidity traps. Quoting the analyst here, the recent testimonies from the chairman Jerome Powell from the Fed in front of Congress where he was answering questions from Republicans and Democrats and essentially was trying to address why the Fed has taken the stance it's done on monetary policy – the Federal Reserve is likely utilizing this kind of flip-flop narrative mechanism that the Fed is commonly known for during the greater part of its history, where it says one thing and does another to its advantage in order to create liquidity traps to absorb liquidity, or more specifically, to have an excuse to add in liquidity to the system and keep towards its 2% inflation target. The Fed has done this for the greater part of the last decade. The only difference this time around is that it's utilizing the euphoria and continued optimism as a way to trap liquidity and absorb liquidity from the real economy economy into financial markets. Merton also notes that the past few weeks have proven just how interconnected crypto is with traditional markets and that the Bitcoin bulls should be happy to grab Bitcoin between thirteen and $14,000 if it were to dip that low. Quitting the analysts again, the past month and a half has been full enough proof that crypto is not separate from everything just yet. And maybe Bitcoin doesn't go all the way down to seven or 10,000, some kind of large absurd decline, which is generally in line with the traditional crypto bear markets. Maybe it's still just going to go to 14 or 13,000. I'll happily wait for that. Now to watch this video he did entitled the coming Bitcoin collapse, a brutal awakening is coming. Check the show notes below the video in the description. And let me know if you agree or disagree with the crypto analysts that we're likely to see a lower low, lower than the current low of 15,700. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode.